Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. This is a deep dive episode all about the child. I am not the child, sadly. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Ken Napsok, often confused with a child, 
but not the <laughs> child. Indeed. And this is going to be a fun episode. Rise of the child. Indeed. Rise. We are going to dive into everything about the child. And I've got my black series, baby Yoda, AKA the child, AKA we get it Favreau. That's what we're going to call it figure in my hands. But before we get to all that, let's remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As always, we have a force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, we've moved past Thrawn, Ascendancy, Chaos Rising to a new frontier of suggestions. What do we have? That's right. We like that theme of ascending and rising, so we still want to keep that there. So we are still recommending, as we did last week, Rebel Rising by Beth Revis. If you are a fan of Rogue One, you will, I think, enjoy the hell out of this book. So give it a listen. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. We can't get enough of things rising and ascending, so let's dive into The Rise of the Child. So, obviously, we're looking forward to Season 2 of The Mandalorian. We wanted to find some ways here on the show to kind of get in the mood, get ready, get excited. So we're going to talk all things The Child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Yorb, or whatever name you want to make up uh, with, with a Y <laughs> at this point. Uh, we're going to talk the lore, the cultural impact, the merch, and our hopes for the future of the child. So I want to start, Ken, as we always do, at the beginning about how we both felt learning that this is this. Oh, this is the thing for Mandalorian. It is going to be the Yoda Yaddle species, a new character of that species. Uh, when and how did you find out? Was it uh, in that first episode? And how did you feel when you found out? So I, I, I'm, I'm going to come clean, Joseph. I'm going to come clean and confess my sins. Though I have talked about this before here. I, I just wanted, this is a perfect episode to just kind of put it on the line and, 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 and how it changed the way I, I take in my Star Wars news. Uh, prior to this uh, show coming out, uh, you know, I was working over Jedi Council and we, we had, you know, we'd hear news things a little bit more connected. I had some pals who were really connected. Um, two years prior to the show's release, I received some uh, concept uh, sketches that someone had taken a picture off of a wall. Wow. Uh, Yoda was in it or a Yoda. Right. And, but there's also, I'll be honest, there was a Vader. So, you know, who knows? Right. Um, this is 2017. I still have, have the things, you know, never, never shared them, never did anything with them. Um, and then coming up uh, maybe a month before the show, two months before the show, uh, this same kind of source just kind of said, there's going to be like a baby, baby Yodas in the show. It's going to have something to do with it. I didn't believe it. Yeah. I was just like, okay. Um, seems interesting. Like, okay, that sounds kind of cool. I, you know, in this show, this is a gunslinger show. Like, what do we got? I don't know about that. I, I, I so didn't believe it that about three weeks prior to the show's debut, I made a joke about it on Jedi Council that no one ever really saw. I shouldn't even be highlighting it because now you can go back and call me call me a jerk for spoiling something. I just made a joke. And, got, well, you know, it was a bunch of baby Yodas in the show or something like that. So when it happened, and then the things started coming out that, you know, there was no press copy. There was no advanced copies of episode one because of a big reveal. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, uh oh. So then when it happened, it was a beautiful moment. And I love that moment. But it, it was ruined for me. And I ruined it for myself. 
So since then, I've pulled out of Scoopy culture. God bless you if that's what you want to do and get your clicks in Route 66. I I, I don't care. Um, for me, I was just like, as a fan, yes, I've been working in this Star Wars punditry world and and I love it. I, I felt, I just was like, man, that would have had a more impact. Uh, that would have been more impactful on me if I had no idea. Yeah. So that I got it. That's, that's part of my story. It started there of me going, there's just no way. And one of the reasons, Joseph, we're, as we're going to talk about today, the child being in the show exceeded any wildest imagination thought, uh, imaginative thought I could have had about it when I heard about it, you know, from for number one, me going, I don't believe that to two, like, all right, I guess, how would you use it? It was way better than anything I could have thought of anything I could have expected. And that's the thing too. I, I just don't want to take those kind of things away from myself anymore. So that's my relationship with baby Yoda. That's where it began. It only got better. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all fascinating stuff. I knew bits and pieces of that, but I don't think I'd ever heard you lay it out that way uh, so succinctly. Uh, it's fascinating that that <laughs> uh, that got out uh, because it, it is kind of known relatively well as a, a much better contained uh, secret than some other uh, things that have happened uh, with Star Wars. Uh, and it's great to know that early on, you're like, he's a gunslinger. He's not a baby slinger. <laughs> not going to be a bunch of... Um, babies all over this uh, gritty Mandalorian bounty hunter show. Come on. Uh, which arguably is uh, part of what makes the surprise uh, so great. I remember uh, somebody in the know saying to us, not in a I'm trying to whisper a secret to you, but I, I think in just a fun way saying this show is not what people think it's going to be. Mm hmm. And I think there had been, along with that, just kind of general rumbles from my perspective that there's going to be some big thing in the first episode that makes you go, oh, that's what this is. Uh, and I was so enjoying that first episode and kind of forgot it. But by the time we got to the pod, I was like, there's got to be a baby Yoda in there. <laughs> uh, partially just because I, there had been those rumblings of, oh, it's something that is, you know, going to be a seismic uh, event in Star Wars. And I was like, well, what could it be? Well, what fits in there is a baby Yoda. And it wasn't even like I'm trying to be a pundit and I'm going down the options and I'm, you know, coming from any sort of scoop perspective. It was my intuitive reaction as a Star Wars fan of there's, I bet there's a little baby Yoda in there. And then when the little blankie gets pulled down <laughs> and you see the cute uh, baby Yoda, I had uh, a response that I will describe as clench and release <laughs> because I have gone on this journey with Star Wars fandom of having so much anger and snark toward the prequels because the idea of we don't want answers to everything. We don't need to know that, you know, about Darth Vader's childhood. We don't need to know that Darth Vader made C-3PO. We don't need to know what little microorganisms make the force work, you know, and kind of all of that energy directed towards don't give us answers. And I think that's a perspective that came a lot from uh, our generation that grew up with the original trilogy and then had this very specific relationship with the prequel trilogy. Obviously, people who grew up with the prequel trilogy is just like, they're movies and they're telling me things. Cool. Thanks. Right. Yeah. Um, but knowing that Star Wars fandom has in its past a, and generally I think as our culture has told 
uh, more prequels and more like, we're going to expand the myth. We're going to tell you that how this other movie began. Here's a prequel to every movie you've ever seen. Um, that there can be a general societal frustration with that. So I clenched out of our other people going to be upset about this. It was one of the things that had been kind of untouchable in Star Wars. It was one of the things that I've always felt Lucas backed off on because Phantom Menace has a lot of like, wait, we're just going to give you answers. In fact, you know, Yoda's uh, species isn't that mysterious. There's a, there's a lady Yoda. Her name is Yaddle. Uh, and Yaddle disappears by Attack of the Clones. And so it seemed almost to me like a, okay, even when Star Wars is going to give us more answers, the species, Yoda's species, that's the thing that's going to remain mysterious. Mm. So I had this, all of that baggage in one moment, and then I clenched. <laughs> and then it's like, but he's cute, and this is fascinating for what it's going to mean for gritty gunslinger Mando guy to be encountering this. Uh, and I also just had a flood of trust of just, just because the species is there, that doesn't tell me how they're going to handle it. That doesn't tell me that by the end of this three season, five season, 10 season show, however long it's going to be, that doesn't mean that we're going to have this, you know, incredibly long Wikipedia entry with every fact about this species or where they come from. So I just released and let myself enjoy and trusted that the answers would be the answers that felt right for this story. Yeah, that's an experience. Yeah, and I know, yeah, that feeling of just like, uh-oh, going <laughs> to tune into social media and everyone's going to hate this. And, and it can kind of take some joy away in the moment. But uh, this one, yeah, I, I didn't have that specific feeling, but I, I had some like, I wonder how that's going to play type of thoughts. But um, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah, obviously the reaction has been positive to Baby Yoda. So when you did see it and the dime dropped that, oh, wow, uh, I I accidentally had this uh, spoiled uh, years ago. Did it change how you, I mean, I know you said it would have been more fun, but but did it stop you from kind of going through your own emotions as a Star Wars fan about learning more about this species? Did it stop you? Did it pull you out of the story and make you think about the punditry and the scoops instead of the story? It did after episode one. It was a great moment, right? The great reveal, the blankie coming down and the, who doesn't want a Star Wars blankie reveal? <laughs> uh, the, 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 the finger, you know, the God finger moment there. Um, all that stuff yeah. at the end, it works great, right? Uh, yes, but I was lost a little bit in my head and not just of, uh, what are going to just like, what does it mean? And uh, are we going to get these reveals and the what's in the house? And then I'll tell you what, again, I keep going to episode two. And how I watched it in that stranded airport, and when I was or stranded in the Phoenix airport, and just right away, it just, it just, it almost as if the show says, "Don't worry, we got something special for this character," mm-hmm. and they don't linger on. It. And the fact that episode two is 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 the b- a bigger reveal that it it's not only uh, Yoda Junior, it's got the Force, um, that helped. I was pulled in right away, and then also just pulled in by the cuteness. Yes, yeah, we're gonna, obviously going to talk about that. It just, it, it's like all, any doubts or any big questions, any what does it mean to Star Wars went out the window anytime yeah. it's on, on screen. Oh, that's a, that's a great way to say it. Um, I'm going to pull those thoughts back into our window for just a second because I am curious how you're feeling now with all this time to absorb the character and uh, the child's cultural impact. Going back to just the species question, how concrete of answers do you want 
and when do you want to get them? I I think I braced for impact for that big reveal. Uh, maybe by episode three, right? Like once we start, the, the, we got a cloner involved. We've got, uh, it's an asset that, that people want and, and you're going to, you know, I was like, okay, I bet, I bet we're going to get some answers. I bet we're going to figure that out. And so I'm okay with it. I like it being the, the big running star Wars joke about it's never revealed where Yoda's from. Like I, I would probably say even that I prefer it to stay that way. Yeah. I just don't think it will. And I think now I think I trust how it will be handled. Uh, where going into this, I would have been like, again, even even some of the stuff information I had or or whatnot of just like, ah, that just seems, it just seems like we don't need that. We don't need that. Just like people said about Solo, right? And I love that movie. We we don't we don't need that story. I don't need I don't need to know the backstory of Yoda or his species. I don't really think that's going to make my experience as a Star Wars fan better. But now I'm in a different spot just because I want to learn more about the the child and how he ended up here and are, and, and are there more and what's the big picture. So I, I think again, bracing for impact. And I actually mean that in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I don't, I think, well, I'll focus on what I want and, and then come back to my guesses about the show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind getting more information because I think it might be one of those beautiful things that uh, more answers are never going to be the full picture. Like that's what I imagine for the species. I don't think or don't want it to be that like, uh, yeah, the, the planet is Yothan and yeah, it's a bunch of them there and they got cities and swamps and they got tea shops. And like, I don't want <laughs> this to be just like a normal species. I want this to be, I think I've made this joke before. Like I, I want this to be like the, the, some world beautiful organic world and there's just what the only thing on it is grass and one tree at the north pole and it you know (laughs) growing out of the tree (laughs) every 50 years is another of these species and most of them just live under the tree happily and it's a mortise like place where that you can actually only open access to that planet if you are force sensitive or if you have the right you know intention in your heart or like i feel like there are ways to say like yeah he came from this unknowable place or like there is a, you know, a, a strange cosmic opening in space and mm-hmm. that's where he came from. And or, you know, Mando goes to a planet, but he can't perceive it, you know, mm-hmm. even like he knows he's standing on not, not just like it's invisible. But like, I just mean, like, yeah. truly getting into the Bendu side of things of like the force mm-hmm. is large. That's our word for it. Other people have other words for it, other understandings for it they're deeply attuned to the force of species. And even if we get answers, they're the kind of answers that would only make us ask more questions. Okay. Let, we do have to, you've got some big deep thoughts here, but can we go to Yothan? Uh, <laughs> do you envision just a, a planet of, of tall grass blown in the wind? This one giant tree of life, the Yothan tree <laughs> where Yothans are birthed from it. Like fruit uh, is, <laughs> Is this what I'm seeing in your head? Because I want, I want to go to there. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want it to be like a horror movie. Like I'm trying to think of like a beautiful way for them to organically grow. Yeah. In, in uh, I think maybe they're glowing like uh, orbs, green, healthy orbs, and they just they flutter open and yeah. leaves blow away, and there's a perfectly formed little yothon. <laughs> This is also, I think, the plot of the Cabbage Patch Kids uh, <laughs> toy line. But this is, I, I'm on board with this. I'm on board yeah. with this. I'm not pitching this as the exact answer. I'm talking about, like, the spirit of what yeah. I want 
in and I I um I'll put it on the table for me. I think it is a guess that between Favreau and Filoni, I don't think either of them are the kind of people who like super definitive answers. The storytelling of the first season of Mandalorian has been so tip of the iceberg of like, mm-hmm. we'll just imply it and you'll figure out the rest or the characters know about this and it's painful and they don't want to talk about it. So they'll just mention it and you fill in the details. And I feel like if we ever do get to that point of it's not just a story of let's find some Jedi or force users so they can tell me what the deal is with this little guy. If we ever get to the, like I'm taking you home. I just have this instinct that it's not going to be crystal clear and straightforward. I agree because look, look at the evidence of those two storytellers. Filoni knows all the answers of a lot of those star Wars things. Right. Uh, But he doesn't totally swim in that. He doesn't, Totally enjoy it. And, uh, you know, recently, I think uh, our Clone Wars report last week, I got to send you the link. I'll dig it up. If you didn't catch that, we, we, I mentioned that Filoni interview. It's from like 2008. He and Henry Gilroy, and they're talking about EU because it's still very much in play and what they were going to do with that information in the Clone Wars. I finally read that whole interview. It's pretty fascinating, his take on, yeah, I used to be obsessed with that kind of stuff. George taught me not to be. Mm. and henry gilroy's right there with him on that kind of stuff of like yeah i love that i would pitch this and george would say nope that doesn't that doesn't go into the story so dave is one of those people that knows and can create those answers and he has the power to create those answers but i think he's less interested in that and wants to do what you you said and then favreau this isn't like a swipe at johnny johnny casual star wars fan because he's not he grew up with it by the way um even though those deep cut references go over his head uh he's He's a storyteller that's concerned about the emotions and the whys. So I don't think he's going around going, finally, I get to answer what corner uh, Yoda grew up on. Yeah. he's. It's not going to be that. Even if we do get, here is Yothan, here's the Tree of Life <laughs> and the gas station. Even if we get that, it's not going to be used as the be-all, end-all of the story. So I think your instincts are 100% right about it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we've seen that with Filoni in particular, right? The world between worlds is great, but it leaves a lot open. I think, you've been re-watching Rebels, I think there's a lot left open to interpretation with the uh, Kanan and the wolves, right? I um, mean, he he's, especially when it comes to Force stuff, he's not like, let me get out the uh, the pad and here's the bullet point list of all the facts, you know? Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Do you... Uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's dive into the the kind of essential truths of the child. Uh, we've talked about this before, but I really want to re-examine it. What for you, Ken, is the essential appeal of the child? Why do you like the child? So I like it in terms of. I'll start on the surface. the The cuteness factor is so off the charts high. It it it's. It's Ewoks and Porgs rolled into one, right? And so his ears flapping in the wind of those spaceships leaving is one of those moment of Zen moments that will it changed my life, right? <laughs> like, yeah. it, I don't think, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that, uh, you know, me and Grace will sit down and watch, a, you know, an animal documentary and we're crying about a happy dog doing a happy job, you know? <laughs> I, so I'm that type of person. I just love my little animals so much. And so, not that... Baby Yoda's an animal, but you know, it has that vibe. It has that yeah. the, the little ears are flapping in the wind. So there's that. And then it the, therefore, because there's so much joy attached to what we see, we're gonna dive into how this maybe went to the 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 the, the general population as a whole, but I'll just throw this out here now. Like there's an example of 
uh, a listener of ours and, and over at the Knapsack Files, uh, Robbie Smith is just this great, um, wonderful chap who just uh, has been through some hard things and, and chooses to find joy every day. And he started an Instagram page called Baby Yoda is Your Friend. And he goes around with that life-size Yoda and does little videos of it that just bring joy. And so I associate so much joy with this character, even in this gritty series, you know, there's right. that. And then it turns, so then it grows into the in-story appeal where, right. And this is again, episode two, right from the beginning. What do you see him trying to heal the Mandalorian early on? And it's just mm -hmm. funny, great comedy of him uh, jumping out of that pram and just the quick cuts and that that's <laughs> great stuff. Um, but it's like, it is pure. There's just a pureness to this character in this crazy world and therefore our crazy world. And so the joy it brings on the surface and the pureness it represents and what you can accomplish when your heart um, is not imprinted yet with everything on as, as Quill talks about, you know, later on with IG-11 and, and droids and they're just, you know, it's what's imprinted on them is, is, is who they are. And so there's a lot of parenting and child stuff going on in this series, but just go to, go to the episode two. He sees you are hurting I have the power to help you. Let me do it. Let me try. Yep. And it's pure. And so I love both those things, joy and pureness. Yeah, I think it's incredibly well said. Official Force Center, well said. Buy yourself a t-shirt that we haven't made yet. Uh, well said. I suppose if I'm saying well said, I should buy you a t-shirt. Uh, uh, I think it works, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you said the for me the key word for why I really responded to the child, and that is the, the purity uh, I, th I think there is something powerful and visceral about a character that we can relate to that like, yeah, we know the stakes for what's going on in the situations that the child is in, but the child doesn't fully know the child might feel or intuit, uh, it, particularly in season one, but it's just that purity of needs and wants, right? Of, I see a shiny thing and I want it or, uh, I, the the sad man's in pain. I will help him. Or oh, there's wind whipping through my ears, and it's joyful. Uh, you know, all the other kids laugh when I do this, so I will do that. It's just so. It is so powerful to see so many emotions fully expressed by this very cute, very <laughs> nonverbal little guy that is also the clearest emotion because they're free of any uh, fear of, is that the right thing to do? Um, it, it, am I doing this uh, for the right reasons, for the wrong reasons? Uh, will, will people think poorly of me if I do this? It's just the purity of needs, wants, instincts. Um, I, I go back to some of the uh, philosophy that I studied in college, mostly applied to comic theory, but but a lot of comedy theory is trying to get down to like this soul of, you know, what are what are these vital truths that cross beyond cultures that make us laugh? Um, and one of the big theories is that Henri Bergson, a French philosopher, uh, wanted to really break comedy down between the encrustation of the mechanical on the living versus Elan Vital, um, and and for comic theory. The example of that is like, you know, we are flowing organic beings, very Star Wars stuff. But then we have all of this rigid society uh, that kind of we are curvy, wavy lines. That's what we are. But then we also have this instinct of but we need everything to be a straight line. And like the comedy example of that is like autocorrect. 
of, you mm-hmm. know, where you just want to say, uh, I love you. I'm hungry. Let's get a burrito. And it just gets mangled to, you know, I loathe you. Betting is horrible. Right. And it's that's <laughs> the encrustation of this mechanical device turning this flowing natural thing that we want to say into this rigid, upsetting thing. Yeah. And I feel that I, I don't think that all that intellectually when I watch the child, uh, I can later. But when I'm just sitting and watching it, I feel the joy of being free of any rigidity in mm. just reacting. If somebody's in pain, reach out. If a bad thing is happening, stop it. If you see a shiny thing you want, get it. Do you want to be in your pram? Get out. <laughs> is it fun to have the wind whip through your ears? Then smile and laugh and don't worry who's watching. You know, uh, I think the child does start to act with a little bit more, a little bit more decision uh, toward the end of the season. And I think we're going to see that more in season two, but in season one, it is just that utter purity. It is the lawn vital, just the, you know, vital free essence of being. And that's what speaks to me about the child. Yeah. Look what happens when it starts learning some stuff or starts being imprinted. It's, it's force choking caratoon, right? <laughs> not, not good. Not good. Right. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite moments uh, in, in a, in a, because of that entire relationship of like, Oh, Oh, the child's learning, but what is it learning? What's being yeah. imprinted? Uh, so we, we went to some deep places, some personal uh, places there, but cute. You said cute too. And that's, you yeah. know, you can't, have a discussion without talking a lot about cute. Um, why do you think this particular brand of cute works so well, got next to no resistance that I'm aware of uh, for so many people, but other elements of cute in Star Wars, they have got pushback over the years. Ewoks, Porgs, uh, there's often been the, oh, they're just there to sell toys. Uh, with the child, it was shocking and beautiful to have the opposite of the outrage of like, you made something that cute and they're not immediately toys, you monsters. Uh, what do you think uh, is so impactful about the specific cute of the child? Um, Man, I, I, I'm trying to... <laughs> First of all, okay, I get it. This I get. A, I actually am going to take a picture and go post it on our Discord server for listeners. While you're talking and comparing them to the Ewoks and Porgs, or at least saying Baby Yoda did not get the pushback they did, I have a Porg Funko Pop on one of my little side desks in my studio here, and it's behind my one of my printers. And my printer, uh, the the cage is down the to, for the papers to land. Yeah, I am not joking. The poor guy is staring at me. <laughs> Just one eye. It's as if the poor guy is looking at me going, why, why did I get pushed back? Why did the world not love me? And try to answer this question for me, Ken, for me. Um, this particular brand of cute, I, I, I struggle to answer that one, Joseph. Uh, number one, I, 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 the porks. I absolutely adore the porks. Again, going to the animal lover in me, I guess. Ewoks is a little different. I don't know. Here's, I'm all over the place. This porg spooked me out. Really, I've got to, I'm going to get a picture. You guys will never, you will not believe this. But it, the, 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 they did it for toys thing is one of those faux intellectual takes that people have that they think they've unlocked some secret. Well, you know, they did it for toys. Even, even Gary Kurtz, I'm, I sometimes I say, rest in peace, Gary Kurtz, and all you did for Star Wars. But I get kind of upset at his take at Return of the Jedi, too, of like, no. 
it's not all for toys, but also what's the harm in that? What's the harm in just mass marketing appeal? It's okay. <laughs> don't live in that realm. It's a very cynical place to live. And I don't know. I think the this branded cute for baby Yoda, the child just wiped away a lot of that. And maybe, maybe hear me out, Joseph. I'm thinking on the fly here. I'm sorry. You sometimes have to deal with me while I think on the fly. There were no toys going into this. Right. So you're, you're disconnected from that idea. Porgs right from the get go. Well, there it is. It's on the shelf. A bunch of a flock of porgs, a murder of porgs right there for me to buy. Ugh. This one, you didn't have that. You didn't see it going in. Whereas now I have a, a baby porg, uh, a baby uh, child. Oh, I want a baby porg. Uh, a, ba- a baby uh, Yoda child, Black Series figure in my hand right now while we're talking. I didn't have that before episode one. So you're disconnected from that idea. Yeah, yeah. And the and some of the porg uh, merchandise is great. I have my porg friend uh, who is always facing my big window and always staring out at the horizon. Very cute. But then there's like, they had them at Target for a while. And every time I saw it, I, I had to take a picture of it. There was the uh, the parent porg with two little porglets, which are, they yes. look like weird little chicken McNuggets with eyes, right? Uh, yeah. And God. <laughs> Yeah, the designers really made an effort, but they're creepy in my opinion. Creepy, uh, funny, yeah. cute, creepy. Uh, yeah, I think that there. I think it did sidestep the merch that's just for toys conversation initially, uh, mm-hmm. and again, like the only conversation about it seemed to be absolute uh, people being upset because they couldn't yet buy it. But it did mm-hmm. sidestep that conversation. I agree with you that conversation. There are so many. Even I, I grew up having a lot of resistance to Ewoks, a lot of problems with them. Uh, in my heart of hearts, I still think I would like them a little bit better if they had pointy ears instead of the round teddy bear ears. Um, <laughs> yeah. Long got over the rest of it because there's clearly ideas at work. There's obviously mm-hmm. uh, important to Star Wars thematic and narrative ideas at work with the Ewoks. And also, uh, I've told this joke in stand-up, like, George Lucas did not start the Star Wars nonprofit in 1975. It is to make money. And if something's cute, then they're going to make money. That's a part of the reality of Star Wars. Uh, and to me, it's only a problem if something doesn't have narrative or flavor value. And it's, you know, just there for merchandising. But I don't think I don't think anything in Star Wars for myself has ever felt like it is just there for merchandising. So agree with you on that uh, diversion. Um, I think the cuteness of the child works because I think sometimes when we, uh, when people push back against cute and, and I'm not saying this is true of Ewoks or the Porgs, it's because it's one note, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's just like, it's a cute thing is always cute. So it's kind of saccharine and kind of safe. And the child himself is physically cute. Things that he does are incredibly cute and you want to hold him and protect him and squeeze him. But I think maybe the protection is why the cute works because he is cute, but he is lives in this brutal gunslinger world. So not only does he himself show a range of emotions, he's not just like cute and oh, love me all the time. He shows a range of emotion, including attacking. Yeah. Uh, and he is in this world. So he is, he is this thing to be protected. There's this power to him that he is both powerful and vulnerable. And that gives his cuteness dimension. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that this whole thing, going back to your, your this is a gunslinger show. Why are there going to be a bunch of babies being like, oh, wow, that's the show. Um, the cuteness is this contrast to Mando, right? That mm-hmm. Mando is going through this world not expecting to have to deal with something like this. And it's what makes the show really special and unique, that it is gritty, bounty hunter fun. And then also he has to protect a cute, sometimes vulnerable thing. Uh, I think makes the cuteness, it puts the cuteness in context. So it doesn't ever feel just sort of uh, saccharine. Yeah, I mean, look look what the, the moments we are introduced to him. It's Mando's there to kill him or capture him. IG-11's there to kill him. And the choice Mando makes in that moment. So we are immediately, we're just conditioned. We're trained. We're pulled in right then and there to protect this thing because it needs my protection as a fan. It's, it's there. It's built in from the first frames. It isn't, it didn't just pop out and with a lightsaber and cut IG 11 in half. Oh, that would have yeah. been cool. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm Yodathon. Uh, yeah. I think that's a great, great uh, point. It's just like narratively. Yeah if we've been identifying with this maskless uh, bounty hunter who's having a hard time just trying to make his way in the galaxy, uh, in our initial instinct is we have to protect this cute thing that bonds us with it, that kicks in this, you know, nurturing instinct in in so many of us. Mm. Even uh, the tough ones wearing the silent stoic masks. <laughs> that's right. No matter how stoic you are, you gotta love the baby. <laughs> uh so his popularity goes far beyond intense Star Wars fans. Uh, you know, people like us who uh, do many podcasts a week and all of our great listeners and so many people who listen to uh, all the different podcasts, do all the different podcasts, go to Star Wars Celebration. There's the intense Star Wars fans. Uh, the popularity of the child goes so far beyond that. How do you feel about sharing the child with the whole world? I love it. I love it. And I probably love it more because we've just been swimming around this time period where, you know, those Star Wars is obviously popular and, and the box office receipts show that and the toy sales and video game sales show that, you know, it's just, I ran into it the other day, just the other day, man, guys working on my AC unit sees I have some Star Wars stuff. Oh, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I'm doing that conversation. He goes, but wait a minute, you don't like the new ones, do you? <laughs> And I go, yes, I do. Okay. All right. I mean, I just, there's some stuff I just don't really like, which again is a fine opinion to have, but I, I, it was a Tuesday afternoon and I just needed to see if my AC was installed and they did a great job. <laughs> and it's just like, I've had the, the lift drivers say that, Oh, I see you have a, a Han Solo pin, uh, pin on your shirt. You didn't like that last one. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. What? What? And after a lifetime of that right now, life, it feels like a lifetime. It's been these three, four years to have just the conversation be, what is that? That's awesome. I don't even know the, the proper name. I don't care. I want it. And it's everywhere. And I love it. And, 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 you know, now if I can just get, get in a car and, and do you like Star Wars? Yeah. What about Baby Yoda? We'll probably talk 20 minutes about Baby Yoda and I'll be at my location. <laughs> yeah. I think that I'm right there with you. I am so delighted uh, to have the child as this emissary of Star Wars that mm. people like and are excited about. And, you know, everybody is sharing 
the child uh, in a way, but also like truly feels like a connection to him. Like the number of people I see on social media with uh, a large uh, child, um, you know, uh, doll or, you know, those of us with action figures, all that, that clear bond to it and it all being a positive thing. And, you know, having uh, friends of mine who like, I kind of like Star Wars, but I, I can't keep it straight. I don't know when the Mandalorian is happening. I don't know if that is actually Baby Yoda or a different character. I don't know. I don't care. I can, you know, I can text Joseph if I want to know. And they're just all in and they just yeah. love him. And I think he is this opening of a door to anybody can be a fan anytime for any reason. And that is super delightful. Uh, yeah. And you're so right about that contrast um, to other you know, uh, conversations out in the world. I think I've told you before about the one holiday, hol- not, not holiday, uh, um, Hollywood, excuse me, meeting I had where I was asked to bring in a pitch. And just in the beginning of my pitch, you know, there's the normal get to know you conversation. And I was like, yeah, I do a Star Wars podcast, really like it a lot. And then the person had grievances to air <laughs> for like, 40 minutes and I was sitting in this meeting doing an episode of Star Wars counseling. Ah. <laughs> I had to get to the point where like, could I pitch the thing that I'm here for? No, I love talking about Star Wars, but, but a lot of it was wrestling with the mm-hmm. things that they didn't like, which are a lot of Star Wars conversations. That's fine. I'm happy to have them. Uh, but the child does sidestep that. And a, a part of the reason is obviously people love the character, the puppets, amazing, all those things. But I think there's also something special about the child because when us intense Star Wars fans get into conversations with people that are a little bit more of a casual fan, sometimes that conversation can become the, um, well, here's all this other information, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I just had a conversation the other day that was perfectly friendly, but somebody really disliking uh, Poe's arc in Rise of Skywalker, you know? And I meant it in a nice way, but I was like, hey, did you read the book? Maybe you'd like it more if you read Free Fall. Um, but I often find myself in those conversations where, like, here's this other bucket of information right. that I choose to have as an intense Star Wars fan that you might not have as a more casual Star Wars fan. And the child also sidesteps that because basically we're, for the most part, in the same boat because we can go, oh, yeah, here's. Here's where uh, Baby Yoda is in the timeline. No, he's not actually the character Yoda. Oh, do you know about Yaddle? And I'm out. Yeah. Even as the most intense Star Wars fan, I don't have any more information. And in this delightful way, it sidesteps some of the conversations we normally have because we're all kind of on a level place of knowledge when it comes to the child. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I, yeah, again, I understand some people might say that's a, an understandable critique of the new movies, everything. Yeah, I can, I can follow those conversations, but I think you're right here. Uh, you don't have any of that. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. And we're all learning and we're all protective of this thing we're learning about. Yeah. <laughs> Want to hold it. <laughs> we're all on the baby Yoda ride together. Uh, how do you feel about people calling it the baby Yoda show? Like people who are like, they're not confused. They know it's called the Mandalorian and they choose to call it the baby Yoda show. I, I have no problem with that. I, I it's just sometimes the, the the will and the way that people speaks and that's how nicknames work. That is how um quite frankly, um I, I'll turn it weirdly enough to like to pro wrestling. You can concoct a, a gimmick and a character and all that kind of stuff 
And then you put them out there in front of the crowd and the crowd still gets to decide and they'll tell you and they'll tell you what they like, what they love and what they want to call it. There's so much at work in this show. There's so many themes. There's some powerful stuff going on. Uh, but this is the baby Yoda show. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. That's the calling card right now. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Cause again, it's another sign of just lots of people engaging and having fun with it. And like you're saying, the community, uh, the largest possible community kind of making it their own in a way that I think is uh, appropriate for, uh, entertainment. I also like that. It's just kind of meta, like for, in some ways, like when we meet, uh, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian in the first episode of the Mandalorian, he's kind of trying to stay by himself. It's the Mandalorian show. And then <laughs> when he meets, uh, baby Yoda, it becomes the baby Yoda show. So it has this sort of meta resonance for me as well. It's like what happened to society, what happened to all of us also happened to the Mando. Yes. That I, yes, I'm laughing. There's nothing more that we are. We are all the Mando walking into that bar in the episode one. Yes. Star Wars. I got a handle on it. I know what it is. What is this? What journey am I now on? My life is the baby Yoda show. Uh, but now uh, that some time has passed, of course, everybody just called him Baby Yoda, or we all had different names, Yabi. Uh, too many to list. A bunch of great names that everybody came up with. But Baby Yoda, that's what solidified as a cultural response. Now we've got merch. We've got the creators going, you know, I understand why Baby Yoda happened, but please, it's the child. Uh, how do you feel about that in specific? Do At this point, when you're choosing whether or not to say baby Yoda or the child, do, are you concerned that you're contributing to confusion about the timeline? Do you think one is like the, if you say the child, that means like you're uh, on board, really paying attention. If you say baby Yoda, you're a little bit more uh, casual Star Wars fan. How do you feel about all that? Look, uh, I call it the asset because I'm rooting for <laughs> Warner Hertha. So what are you, you going to say about that? No, and again, I love I love Bob Iger having it. Well, you know, John Favreau told me. And I, I get it. I get it. And, you know, as I'm someone who, who you know, and, and I know you and Alex and a lot of the Star Wars Schmodown competitors will answer with full names. And I, I sometimes get people come up to me and be like, why do you do that? And you're just trying to show you no more. And I'm like, no, his name's, his name's uh, you know, Firmus Piet. Like, that's his name. So I know his name, but it doesn't mean anything. You know, uh, it's silliness. It's all silliness. And I've been corrected a few times to people jokingly. Eh, I'll say baby Yoda. They're like, oh, don't you mean the child? No, I mean baby Yoda. Because <laughs> until his name is revealed, we, his name's not the child. Uh, it's just that's the IMDb cast list right there. Uh, we're going to find something else out. Until then, again, it's organic. It's the people have spoken. He's baby Yoda. And I'm rolling with it. That's right. Uh, yeah, I think I make an effort on our podcast to say the child a decent amount because I think I just have that instinct yeah. to be like, if this is actually making uh, Filoni and Favreau, who have done such a great job crafting this world for us all to enjoy, if they're grinding their teeth a little bit, yeah, I want to help out. But also, like, the child is, to me, the child is the character in the show and the cultural uh, juggernaut is Baby Yoda right now until right. we know... Uh, until we know Baby Yoda's actual name. Um, We've talked about this before as well, but I want to make sure that we get a chance to highlight it. What are your favorite narrative moments with the child in season one? I think we're probably in that place where we could go down a list of everything he's ever done. But for you, when you like just close your eyes and think about the child, what are your favorite moments? 
I mean, I, I definitely said it's that jumping out of the pram to heal the Mando or try to heal him first. No, I just, I just still love that. It's just some, some comedy. I like, I like that. I, I think I really enjoy him healing grief Karga. Mm-hmm. And which also sets up the great grief Karga joke of wave your, wave your little hand around. Do the magic uh, hands. Yeah. The magic hands. And then maybe it actually waves at him. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but that, that one I love too, because it's, it's, um, again, it's a reconnect. It's that purity thing. There is no, um, the child going, well, I don't know, grief. Do you deserve it? What do you do? You were trying to kill me. It's just pure. It's the spirit of the, of the light side of the force. It is, I have the power to help and I shall do it. I just really, I just, I, I saw that moment again last week and that, that emerges as one of my favorites. You know, a lot of the moments and I still, I still love it. For, if you want to go tiny moments, um, I think it's the episode seven. I think it's when he goes back to Cara Dune to pick her uh, up for the mission uh, where, where uh, the child's kind of intimidating, um, uh, intimidating, not intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> intimidate gosh wow ken can't speak today where he's trying to walk like his father yes yes imitating yes imitating intimidating Im- imitating wow ken have more food um <laughs> yes but he's 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 walking like his dad it's yeah. it just played for a second it, it, but i love that moment yeah yeah i i think that's great uh i my first thing that comes to mind is the same as yours i think the second uh chapter the second episode is my favorite for lots of reasons for all the jawa business suka mandalorians just you know this is a very bad day for the mandalorian i love that tone but the revelations of the child of like oh wow up and moving around amazingly cute uh obviously powerful and great when he falls asleep uh, after using the force (laughs) um and just collapses but that getting out of his pram is not only a great comedy moment, but a like, oh, this is the moment where it's like, yeah, he's he's going to be hard to keep track of uh, for Mando. And then combining that with uh, that just the power of reaching up to heal the Mando. And I think so many of us uh, having that instinct that that's what he's doing. But then enjoying the comedy of it from Mando's perspective, too, of like, this little thing is reaching up at my wound for some reason. Like, what is he doing and why? You know, so having that contrast between our expectation and the Mando's perception of what are you doing, you little weirdo? Yeah, just makes it beautiful. Um, On the other side, my mind goes to the force choke. It is one of my favorite things in the season because I think it really hints at where I think. Uh, season two is going to go to your uh, eloquent points about the all the themes and ideas of uh, parenthood and how we become what we are in nature versus nurture. All those ideas just come into focus of like, I'm spending time with daddy. There's constant violence. I think that woman is hurting daddy. Mm-hmm. And then, so there's all that theme. And then just like the range, right? The range of the puppet. And I think it's one of the moments that like, this is why, the cuteness doesn't become too much because it's not always, you know, eyes wide open and eating things and playing with shiny balls. It is also that twist in those mean little eyes, right? Yeah. yeah. And that they have that cute, innocent uh, baby Yoda, the child, has that potential. Yeah. It's, you know, like go back to like what I love about it. It's just like it. he's acting mostly on instinct. And that's the instinct that's coming out right now is really powerful. Um, and just for pure comedy, the plane with the radio is extremely hard to beat. Yes. Oh, yeah. Love that. Or not, not the radio. That's the meme. But you know what I mean. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. are they're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, playing with the switch. Uh, in fact, let's segue to that because there's the narrative moments that we love, but then there's the gifts. Are those the same things for you? Do you have favorite baby Yoda gifts? Or I do. Gifts? I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say that you know, they're kind of the same thing as, as your favorite moments, but now when you break them off, I, I love the one of uh, him just falling slumping back, uh, you know, sleep uh, after the energy use of the force uh, with his hand out. That's a good one there. The, a lot of the flapping in the wind. Um, I, I'm actually bringing some of them up to see if I miss it. The soup, the soup one is, is great. Uh, I do enjoy the one where he is walking around the corner, uh, and looking up and, uh, <laughs> smiling there, uh, and his ears kind of go down. It is, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, again, I own, I own two chihuahuas and I never knew it until this show that chihuahuas have Yoda ears. Uh, so it makes, it makes me think of that when, uh, one of my dogs, uh, Ratsy is, peeking around the corner of the kitchen while I'm cooking, just kind of like, Hey, um, <laughs> that one there. I like too. there's a lot of I mean, any, any, the, the one riding around with the uh, IG 11 is great. But I think, I think to your point of like, of uh, you, it, you can use uh, baby Yoda to convey many emotions slumping yeah. back after a hard day's work. That's one that works for me. Yeah. I think my favorite might be, and partially because I don't see it as often and maybe because I relate to it is the falling asleep after uh, throwing the fire back at the incinerator trooper because yeah. that's like a two-step process he just uh, falls back on his little baby yoda bum <laughs> and you think for just a just the sliverest of seconds that he just needs to sit down and he's like no i need to be all the way asleep right now <laughs> it just falls over and i love that and i relate to that perhaps too much uh mm-hmm. yeah they're all good the bone broth is an absolute classic uh and great great narratively in the show in uh, a great gif as well. I also do like, I don't see this gif as often, the shot when Mando has handed him over to the client and he's just leaving the room in his pram and he's just kind of looking back like, what? what's the deal? What's happening? So sad. It's <laughs> so sad. It's so sad. Uh, one more question for the first chunk of our podcast and we're going to take a quick break. How much of the success of the first season is Baby Yoda to you? It's... It's all of the success, but I don't like to see that used negatively. It is this. This is the way of the show. You you can't untwine it. This isn't a. This isn't Poochie, uh, brought in. You know, in episode three to get a younger demographic. This isn't a side character. This is the show. This is what it is. So, uh, you know, without Baby Yoda, the show would be nothing. Well, without Baby Yoda, it just wouldn't be a story. It would have been something completely different. Yeah, it was never going to be anything but this. This is what Favreau had in mind. You know what I mean? And I, I, I just I, I can't say it, say it any more simpler than that. This is the show because the show is this. <laughs> it's a Mobius striptease, as Carrie Fisher would say. I don't know. You know, <laughs> what I, mean? like, I, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I've because I've heard that. And I've heard I've heard that some critics say that. You know, without it, it'd be nothing. Well, yeah, it 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 is it. <laughs> Yeah, it would be an entirely different show. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it was. That's like saying, like, well, you know, Vader's great, but Luke's the one who makes a new hope. Like, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, um, because, yeah. No, you, sorry, to, I'll, I'll, I'll put a period on the end of my thought there. But yeah, you're right because without it, this would have been something completely different, and we be, would be judging it on that. Yeah, yeah. I think when I thought about uh, how much. To me, I think I'm saying the same thing as you, but he's like exactly 50% with the Mando because that is what makes this show so special of 
it is taking the gritty bounty hunter, the guy who, you know, isn't sure if he wants to, but has to do cool and horrific violence. And then he's doing it for empathy and for an innocent. And so this young thing can grow into whatever it wants to be. It is just this perfect bonding of, hey, do you like this side of Star Wars? Well, this other side of Star Wars needs to be there too. And look how great they go together. And Mando and Baby Yoda hand in hand, even if people are going, I'm tuning into the Baby Yoda show because I just love that puppet. It's landing because of this incredibly innocent, cute, weird little creature uh, lost in the violent world of the Mando. Exactly. Excellent. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk even more about the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, a.k.a. whatever his name is going to be. Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. back to talk the rise of the child so we're going to talk a little bit more about uh the future and the merch and all sorts of great stuff like that so ken where do we want the character to go in season two how do you think the character of the child will develop i'm still holding to my thought that we hear the maggie simpson like first word from the child i I think we'll get that but in terms of uh where do we want the character to go as it as it grows and continues to be imprinted on and, and have, uh, again, it is a 50-year-old baby, right? So, um, <laughs> but we don't know how long they're on that uh, uh, Yothon tree over there. So, um, I'd love to see it. It's I, I still think it's going to be a, a not, not a pawn, but it, it's still a, it's still an asset to some people. So yeah. it's going to be pursued, but I'd love to see it, uh, see it, see the child have more um, control in some specific moments. I still want it to be a, a something that needs to be protected. I still think it will, but you know what I mean? Like more of those moments, the standing in front of the incinerator troop, that's, that is the, 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 where we end up after we begin with kind of the magical use of it. Like, uh, let me just, I don't know, I'm feeling it. The mud horn, let me protect this person. Now it, now it knows. Now it knows maybe what it needs to do in situations as it learns what's right, what's wrong. So maybe have a little bit more control over its individual moments. Not its big destiny, but its individual moments, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I really feel like that's where I want the character to develop. And it feels like the right amount of development for the next season and where season one is pointing is... Uh, the child just being more aware of the world around him and, and still 
uh, acting out of uh, instinct, right? And I think still, if it sees something it wants to eat, uh, it might use the force and <laughs> have the thing come flying into its uh, its grabby little hand, uh, yeah. his grabby little hand. But I think being aware because this imprinting is happening of in this situation, this is a time that I can use magic hands. I don't think he's, you know, really, uh, you know, strategizing and learning the ways yeah. of the force, but being a little bit more aware instead of just uh, instinctual. Um, yeah, I think being I think that there's a there's a possibility that we're going to see moments like we saw in the trailer where oh he's developing enough where he is making associations where the first in the first season if he saw daddy hit those buttons on his wrist it would have been like oh what's happening this is a new thing to me so I'm gonna watch now he's seen that enough he knows exactly what's about to happen just because daddy hit the the lights on his wrist right uh and I can see that happening in like um, an idea that flashed into my mind that would be joyful is like, uh, what if the child is just insanely happy to see Grief Karga, <laughs> you know, because yeah. he knows him now, you know, he's, he's, he's bonded with him. He's, he's healed him. And they're just like old, old buddies, you know, and gets a little smile on his face and reaches his little hands up for grief to give him a hug, you know? <laughs> yes. That is, that is the meme I want now. Yay! <laughs> So lots of uh, just being more aware of the world. But I also just feel like um, I, I think that that struggle with the dark side, that struggle with violence, uh, my opinion of the trailer is that it was being having great comedy with it, with uh, with a child closing his pram and just hearing the sounds of like, yep, it's another day for daddy. He's doing the violence right. <laughs> in the darkness. Uh, but seeing how, how much of that warrior way of the Mandalorians is going to impact uh, the child. And if the child starts to become more aware of his abilities, you know, how cruelly is he going to use the force like that choke? Or like, is he going to be slamming people into walls and getting that, you know, stubborn little look on his face? And how is the Mandalorian going to respond to that? I think that's, it's such a fresh approach on the classic force user tale of like hmm. with great power comes great responsibility and which path are you going to follow? And if the child starts choosing violence constantly, cause that's what the child sees. Hmm. That's such a great, it's such a different perspective than Anakin being an adult and choosing, right. Uh, yeah. and Luke choosing not to follow in the, the poor choices of his father to just be a totally innocent baby and not understand that, your dad kind of has to do that to protect you, but also it's not a great thing to be mm. your first instinct. How are we going to handle that? Cause you're at this instinctual level still. Yeah. It's always to me like, this is, we're talking about pureness and joy and helping just because you see, you need to, you need to help. And these are very light side things, right? These are the tenets of the light side. This is the use for your, your power for good. And, and when the dark side kind of starts to creep in on that just naturally, right? Yeah, kind of like you don't need a book or a teacher to tell you, hey, be careful. Just it's there. It's present. And there's others around you who would like to bend you to their will and their uh, needs um, and, and goals. And and if as the dark side, if, if the dark side just affects baby Yoda, the child, excuse me, there again, I go. Um, <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> the dark side's fingers reach up and start um, just kind of tainting the child's actions like what will that be what will that do and and is there anyone there or will there be anyone there to say nope don't do that you can't do that and how do they express that 
Yeah, yeah. And going back to that great force choke moment in season one of like, there's it's that moment of like fun and camaraderie between uh, the Mando and Cara Dune and or Baby Yoda just misunderstands. And, you know, how many more moments of that will there be and where that will take him is, is really interesting to me. If he does start maturing, because we don't know. Yeah, he's 50 years old and he is still uh, basically an infant uh, or, or, you know, a little bit older than an infant from our perspective. Uh, but you know, if the, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think first word is a, a great uh, prediction and a great hope, but if he really starts maturing, if, if for some reason the foot goes on the gas and we start to get into surly teen Yoda, <laughs> how hard will that be for the audience? What are your thoughts about that? I think they I think they could have fun with that. Not that that, not that I need this to be a, a parody of sitcom tropes or, the real life struggles of, of, of child actors. Right. I, I don't necessarily need that, but I think they could have some fun with that. Not that I'm thinking at any point, baby Yoda's going to get acne and grow a little uh, mustache or something. And <laughs> that's the whole episode, I don't know, but I, I want the show to keep going. They bought themselves some time because this season begins right after uh, season one is what we've heard. So, all right, we, this season, I think it's going to be relatively the same, but you know, I, I, I do want to see it. And, and can we as an audience um, accept that? I mean, will there be, you know, as again, often done with sitcoms, that's the joke season three or four, suddenly a new cousin shows up. That's fine <laughs> and adorable. Could that happen here too? I don't know. And how would they deal with it? But yeah, no, I, I do think we are going to have to deal with um, the child not being a child anymore. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the better analogy is not surly teen, but like terrible twos. And I can see some some of that where it's like if he is becoming more aware of the world, more aware of the dynamics with his father, that there's a I'm going to test the boundaries. I know he doesn't want me to do that. So, in fact, I'm not just going to lean over and flick that button in a in a cute testing way for attention. I'm going to throw a fit and I know he doesn't want me to touch that. So I'm going to throw it across the room with my mind. Yes, that that could be like because that could actually be like dangerous uh, for himself, for Mando uh, and go along with this kind of natural, natural growing up. uh, But the extra weight of that when you have as much power as baby Yoda does. What if Ken? what if he changes his outfit? Will we be upset? Is that the child outfit? I this is going to happen, too, and this is going to be. This is the key. Talk about doing it for toys. This is how are you going to design a teenage child? Uh, <laughs> how, how is preteen child? And what does he wear? Does he get some sort of armor? Does he have armor pants? Uh, no. Does he, he want to be like daddy? Does he have a mask with little ears sticking out? Yep. So good. This will be good. I, I think. I think it's. Again, I think they have done a smart thing, whether intentional or not, buying themselves some time. Because now the marketing is there. It can lead you into the season where before, uh, you know, like we said, nothing coming out going into season one. So, yeah, uh, we're stuck with this. It's not stuck. It's great. I uh, love that jacket. I wish I had one on my own. Uh, one of my own. But, yes, I, I think uh, a, a nice uh, T-shirt pant combo is going to be <laughs> coming down the road. <laughs> his favorite band, the modal nodes, are going to be on his T-shirt or something like that. Uh, I, 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 yeah, talk about Brace for Impact. That's one I've got. Okay. Okay. Nice. 
Uh, yeah, I think so much of the power of the child is that great Ikea monkey jumper that looks yeah. like it's just slightly too big for him. And that is part of what makes him so damn cute. And I think even just with the show, we bonded with that look. We bonded with that image. Now that there is merch uh, everywhere, uh, that is a powerful image. So I'm almost wondering if uh, they could use the audience's connection to that cute outfit to make us feel extra anger if uh, the child is captured, uh, if the child is experimented on, if we see the child, you know, have have that little sweater uh, jacket, <laughs> that little Ikea monkey jacket be thrown aside and have him put in some like medical, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. thing that, uh, I mean, I think there's that trauma of, oh no, the child has been captured. Will anything bad happen to him? Just like we experienced uh, when the cloner had him in season one. Yeah. But then that I would get mad just if somebody captured him just to change his clothing. <laughs> Not even to experiment on him, but just yeah. to change his clothing. I'd be like furious. Uh, <laughs> so I wonder if there's some power in that. I do, I do want a baby Yoda, uh, you know, Funko Pop in cloner jumpsuit. You know, like... <laughs> that they're going to extract some midi chlorians from him or something. And he's in some kind of little, little onesie. I, yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. Don't touch the child or his beautiful sweater. You monsters. Um, do you feel like over the course of season one or going into season two, is the Mando changing the child more or is the child changing the Mando more? Oh, I, I, I think, I think it's definitely the child changing the Mando more, but I don't think we're, I mean, but, but it, it's, it's closer than people would, would think maybe, right? Like it, we, we are living with the Mando's changes. We're hearing them. We're seeing them. We're talking about them. The characters are talking about them. Each episode is Mando breaking from his past and reforming who he was or dealing with the traumas, uh, finding his identity. And well, the child is walking and not yet talking, but moving and flying and trying to be and protecting his father. So it is, it's present. It's just not as, you're you're lost on the surface of cute, um, but I think in the end it's Mando's being changed slightly, slightly more sixty forty. Yeah, yeah, that's a great thing uh, to point out. Of like, yeah, the the child should change. It's called growing up. Uh, and Mando's going through this very Star Wars evolution of you can change any time and you can become uh, something different. Um, yeah, I, and I I'm just so fascinated to see that parent idea was so well done in the first season of, you know, it almost having to be pointed out to him. Like you're not protecting an asset. You are raising a child, dude. <laughs> and then to have that be like officially sanctioned by the armor and having him flying off at the end with that kind of mm -hmm. ring in his ears of like, Oh damn, I'm a caregiver. You know that this is the way now I am the, the hunter, the prey and <laughs> the caregiver. Uh, and I'm so fascinated to see how big of an impact that's going to have on Mando. Is he sort of re uh, reimagines himself in that specific light? Uh, is there going to be resentment? Is there going to be um, extra fierceness uh, at protecting uh, the child? Because it's not just an asset. It's now, you know, they're in this clan of two. And yeah. it, it, what? how is that going to change him? That That true, fierce parental protection yeah what, what's the line we're already familiar with it where i go he goes like that's yep it's quite a proclamation yeah 
Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, I think they're both changing each other, which is great drama. But I think the Mando is being changed slightly more. Uh, we've talked about all the great force powers that we have already seen the child use. What other force powers do you want to see Baby Yoda unleash onto the galaxy? I want to see some uh, Yoda style flippity flops, some force <laughs> field jumping. Uh, if, if someone's trying to fight him or get him and, and he, he doesn't have a, a droid or the Mando or Cara Dune around to, to help him and, and, you know, perhaps even force powers, classical ones, push or pull or choke can't help or can't be used. Him doing a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be there for that. You'd be there for some, for some flips. Nice. Flippity flops. Uh, Flippity flops. Yep. Yep. That'll, that'll really be fascinating since they have been really devoted to the puppet and seeing, you know, they're yes. said like for the most part, we only have them do things. Even when there's a little bit of CGI, we only do it if the puppet can do it. So mm-hmm. fascinating to see what kind of jumping moves the puppet has. I, I'd be interested to see uh, a nonverbal mind trick. What does that look like? If that's something mm-hmm. that he just uh, unlocks intuitively uh, where there's a, he, Cause that's so, so much of that. His power is that just like, uh, I see a thing I want. I reach out and I make it happen. You know, like mm-hmm. stop Mudhorn. So the stop Mudhorn stops. Uh, so if he just is like, no, don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're a bad person who wants to do bad things to me. Don't look at me and waves his hand and it reaches into, you know, even without training, even without meaning, cause the force is very intuitive, uh, in mind tricks people into just turning and looking the other way. That would be fascinating to me. I'd love, yeah, I'd love kind of a, you don't need to see our identification kind of moment. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, without knowing it, because I'm not advocating for like, oh, I'm so savvy, I understand here, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll actually only charge us 20 ducats, you know, I'm not saying that. Um, There's also that great thing that Kylo did in The Force Awakens, where not only does he freeze Rey, but then he seems to just like knock her out, right? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that seems to me cool to just imagine a bunch of you know uh baddies running up to baby yoda and him just making that little kind of closing gesture with his fist and they fall asleep you little gunk and they just clump to the ground yeah just clump to the ground yeah um the other one that i'd be interested in is and i thought of this because of the trailer Mm. if he keeps spending time uh with his father and his father's cultural love of weapons if he becomes aware like, Oh, daddy needs that. So if he starts doing things like using the force to throw, let's say Mando's in a fight and he loses his blaster and baby Yoda's like, I know daddy needs that. <laughs> and just throwing his blaster at him. Yeah, no. Yeah. The, the, the finally the pulse rifle returns with vengeance and, and <laughs> he goes to the storage and pulls it out where it's been hiding for half a season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Throws the triumphant return of the pulse rifle. That would be incredibly bizarre if the, uh, uh, Baby Yoda makes this uh, weird gesture and then from far, far away the pulse rifle comes flying back and Mando's like where's this Ben? <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, in, in the uh, general conversation of force powers do you think the force heal we all sensed it I think in chapter 2 but he finally does it much later uh, to grief Karga and we all see what it is. Do you think the force heal would have landed differently if it wasn't also in the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So, so are you thinking like it would not have been received as well? Or, I guess, I guess maybe yeah. the question that I'm asking is how do you feel about those two 
how do you think that they informed one another? Do you think it would have been different if it, if, yeah. if we weren't seen both kind of at almost the same time? Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't mean to suddenly take it down that any kind of those negative episode nine conversations, but I think in seeing it after episode nine, right? I'm trying to do the timeline. Am I thinking of that right? The Mando. No, you and I had the really weird timing I, where we had seen Rise of Skywalker, but it hadn't come out yet, and we were doing the review of the Mandalorian, uh, I believe chapter seven, right, where he force heals yeah. grief, and we had to talk about it without revealing <laughs> that it was in Rise of Skywalker. Yes, you're right. So our experience definitely different there. Uh, then I then almost to my same point. I think it helped Rise of Skywalker more that there was a little thing that the public saw first. That oh, cool, and then that thing that you might have been keyed up to not like because there was a lot of people ready to not like the film. Then maybe the furor over that was a little less. You know? Yeah. I, I think again, not, not to go down those negative routes, because some people just loved them all equally, or or wanted to dive into the 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 why of it equally. Um, but I, I do think I do think Mando the child showing it first helped um, helped Episode Nine, helped that moment in Episode Nine. Yeah, I I would have loved it in Episode Nine by itself. Uh, it it worked for me on multiple uh, levels. Uh, I would have loved it in The Mandalorian by itself, but I really like them together because to me, it speaks to uh, this kind of storytelling that happens in Star Wars and particularly about the Force of like, yes, uh, when you're young and you don't have all this uh, rigidity and all these rules, uh, it, it goes to you know Yoda saying, you must unlearn what you have learned. When he's young, it just comes to him. It's just intuitive. It's just uh, pain. Make the pain go away. And he can. And then you get to somebody like Ray, who's very powerful, but still needs to learn. It's an ancient technique that she reads about in a book and perfects because she has to unlearn what she has learned and be able to be in touch with something intuitive that just comes to the child because he doesn't have any baggage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, going to that, yeah, that pure heart of it. And yeah, yeah. Ben doing it, Ray doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it comes from, I love that you brought up that it comes kind of from an ancient force place, right? Yeah. Cause it's just intuitive. Let's, let's not make a, a bullet point list of what can we do? What can't we do? Mm-hmm. What do we train in, you know, at this level, you know, how old of a youngling do you have to be or a Padawan? Or is it up to the master to teach this ability or this perspective? It, it's just, it just is. And Ray and Ben are both in a place. I, I think Ben, you know, learns it because he experienced it in, yeah they're connected. But I think for Ray that like read about it and like, Oh, that's something I can perfect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for me, seeing it particularly, uh, when Ray used it for the first time and on my first viewing, I had a little bit of that. Uh Oh, you talk about kind of that clinching. And when you saw the baby Yoda <laughs> the first time I had a little bit of the, Oh, I've, Oh, I bet people aren't going to like this. Uh, but they're going to like this. And then to see it pop up again, I was like, oh, see, yeah, it's there. It, it exists in this universe. Um, whether it's super intentionally connected or not, I, it doesn't matter. They exist in the story together. And, and, and it helped me even a little bit because it's not necessarily my favorite going into episode nine. Uh, now the themes behind it are just are just powerful to me. But going into it, I I, I would have been like, I don't know. Are, are we a bunch of Gandalfs here? Are we just we feel <laughs> laser blast now? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I had my initial reaction by the end of the film, the first viewing. Again, I'm on board with it. But then seeing seeing Baby Yoda use it, it 
just made me again because you react. You, you, you can't deny it. You just react a little differently to Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda could be like, "I'm going to stab you in the eye." You'd be like, "That seems great. <laughs> Give it a go." Baby Yoda is really like the ultimate uh, hypocrisy generator of like, oh, oh, it's okay when Baby Yoda does it, huh? Is that the yeah. way it's going to be? All right. <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, well, we're also on the topic of Force. Uh, I want to talk about Force users. I think, you know, there's a lot of fun conversation going around in the Star Wars community um, about what Force users might pop up because it, obviously tons of rumors uh, um, uh, about Ahsoka and all that kind of stuff. Um and I think the the conversation can go lots of different ways. Of is is the Mando trying to find the child's home? Is he just trying to find anybody who knows anything about the Jedi and the Force to just start him on his path? But if we did indulge ourselves in just the fun, nerdy, what Force users might pop up? Who, who do you want to see? How do you think different characters that we know would react to the child? Do you think there's a difference between the way different characters would react? Yeah, I think. You know, the, the, these, these rumors and, you know, weird non-confirmation confirmations of Ahsoka or whatever, whatever's going on there, I, I can follow that. And, and I think she's a perfect candidate to see the child and see the child for uh, what he is in, at the moment, this pure form of force energy and how that's to be protected and grown in the right way. I think, I think, well, this era, this, this Luke might be curious to study. And curious to study more and also be like, oh, does Luke know where Yoda came from? Oh, you know, <laughs> Yothan. Oh, let's go there. Uh, a Luke five, ten years later from this time period, which is five years after uh, Jedi, Return of the Jedi, might be like, sign him up for classes. You know, what is and what does the two different Lukes have to say over this? Anyone tinged with the dark side, we kind of know. This is, a, yeah. this is a nuclear weapon. This is this is the big blast you want. This is the the piece de uh, la resistance in your arsenal. And that whether or not I believe Moff Gideon has any kind of force sensitivities or, or, or not, I think there could be some there. Uh, anyone that shows up that has a connection or not just maybe doesn't have dark side power, but has a belief in it or an understanding mm -hmm. of it. Acolytes and all those kind of things. You see these other kind of speculations. They're going to have some opinions on what to do with this untamed weapon. Yeah, yeah. Our minds went to very similar places. I think, you know, uh, knowing how Ahsoka ends her journey in the Clone Wars series now, seeing how much of that uh, attitude continues through Rebels, I think it's just, hey, if, if this little guy comes in my path, uh, I'm going to help. I mean, uh, the other thing is, if we are meeting Ahsoka after she's had some adventure looking for Ezra in Purgletown, Purgletory, wherever that is. Maybe, maybe she's changed and maybe that's an introduction. But if she is still the Ahsoka we know who, who believes in when somebody, you encounter somebody who needs help, you help them, period. You can see right. her just saying like, okay, what do you need? And I will help you get what you need, uh, Mando and uh, the child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Luke is in that, that place of, I, Luke is obviously, a, you know, a paragon of the light side and would, would help but there is also that, like, he's clearly obsessive about, I need to find all the knowledge. Knowledge is great, and I need to compile all of it. So I don't mm -hmm. think he would use the child in any way, but I think he would also yeah. be like, he's really, in, he's unique within the Force, and I really want to understand that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, especially on the journey he's on at the time, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are lots of other uh, Jedi floating around who may or may not be alive, 
do you have any secret hopes? Do you have a, a Quinlan Voss desire, anything like that? Um, no, I don't. Cause I, I but I, I, I would be open to any of that stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. Dave, uh, especially if he has anything to say in some of the adding of characters and plot lines and stories as it attaches to the bigger parts of the galaxy. I, I trust him. Cause again, I right now more than anything I'm interested is this idea and they, and they play upon it again in the trailer and the teaser trailer for season two of just Mando being like, are you telling me there's space wizards? <laughs> endlessly fascinating to me of how they're going to deal with that. Cause whatever Favreau, you know, all the stuff we were talking about earlier of just let's deal with the why and keep it a mystery and a myth and have fun with it. There, there, we are in a time period where this isn't so much of a myth for everybody. So I want to see how that's dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I, it's really fun. It, it is natural to have this end with, Hey, Mandalorian has got a baby Yoda and he's trying to find somebody who knows about the force. Uh, who's our list of uh, people who may or may not be alive who could help. It's, absolutely understandable to do the ahsoka rumors add fuel to that fire uh but there is also that like you know we know lor santeco is part of the church of the force you could meet any of a number of different people from different cultures that we've never met before who have an opinion on how uh baby yoda fits into all of this so i'm also keeping an open mind for it might just be some uh you know acolyte of the force that we've never met it's like hey go to this planet that we've never heard of Mm-hmm. totally yeah so keeping an open mind there with that said i personally uh, i had to investigate myself and see if i truly meant this and i think i do i would be very happy with a yaddle appearance how do you feel about mm. that this is the time <laughs> this is the way <laughs> yeah uh there i you'd have reason to believe that uh yaddle could still be around absolutely just a few years older really from the phantom menace uh so yeah that that be that be really intriguing. I ne- surprisingly never really thought about that to to write this moment. It yeah, could, it could be because it would you know it would start like this. Uh, someone from the writing team, producing team would be like, "What if we brought in uh, Yaddle?" And uh, Favreau would be like, "Who's Yaddle?" Well, remember the Lady Yoda from uh, from uh, Fan- oh, I only saw Phantom Menace once. I don't know about that. And then Dave Filoni would be like, well, here's why. And let's do this. I, I could I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just fascinated by um, the, that she doesn't have a canon story right now. In I, I looked it up to be sure. Uh, in Legends Wikipedia, uh, she makes a grand sacrifice uh, in a young reader's book. <laughs> so, much, so much death in Star Wars uh, to help save, I think, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and, and uh, young Anakin. Uh, so her fate is known in legends, but in modern canon, we don't know, you know, if Yonthar <laughs> is a mystical place, maybe, she, maybe she sensed the clone wars and they weren't right. Maybe she just went home. Maybe she's going to come out of home. I think the thing that makes me interested in her is there has been so much in modern star Wars storytelling from a lot of writers. I think even from Filoni himself to be like, that thing that you think is a dumb and a joke, actually, if we look at it from this other's perspective, it is. it can actually be really cool or really f- funny in a great, good Star Wars way. And there's a part of me that's interested to see if Yaddle, who, you know, for the movies is basically just a really weird puppet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what kind of spin could be put on Yaddle to make people go, damn, Yaddle's actually really cool. 
uh, you're ex- absolutely right. And there, and there seems to be a, a, a Yaddle movement afoot anyways in the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait until we do our hour and a half long rise of Yaddle episode. <laughs> Please. Uh, so in season two, do you want to see the child end up with the force user returned home or staying with the Mando? Now I'm really aware that we don't know how many seasons this is. So I'm talking about season two. What are you feeling? What do you want that he, he that Mando just gets some information by meeting a force user? Uh, Baby Yoda goes all the way home or he's locked in. He's still with Mando by the end of the season. I want some uh, sort of cliffhanger where they are, they are not together and probably mm. not for great reasons. Um, mm. And that maybe, I don't know. It was, now we're just wild, wild speculation here. I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe he does. Uh, see, I, you know, where, where I go, he goes, I can't imagine that leading to any point where he's like, great. Uh, ask so- Soka. What's your name? Great. Take this kid. <laughs> I don't see that happening, right? So now does uh, Mando go on the lamb from even the good side uh, there? I don't know. Uh, but I think this ending was some sort, of, some sort of cliffhanger where Mando has now gotten to the point where the thought of being without him and now the reality of being without him at this point in the child's life is, does not sit well and is something that breaks our heart as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you with the heartbreak. I think that season two will be about Mando and or the child learning more about the idea of the Jedi, the idea of the force, the reality of his significance and power and importance. But I don't think it's as far away as, oh, we found your people and your home. And this is sad, but I I must leave you now. I don't think we're going to get there in season two. I think season two is going to be more about that. These are the child's uh, first cute wobbly steps into learning more about mm-hmm. his people, his heritage, the Jedi, all that stuff. And I agree with you. I think that it would be really cool to go to a cliffhanger, especially since we know season one is, or season three is, you know, no question, the gears are already moving. Uh, I would love a cliffhanger. Absolutely. And give us a little bit of time between this and uh, season three. You know, I don't want them the whole series to take place in a week. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So uh, our final uh, general topic is merch. It's so much of what the presence of uh, the child is in our world right now. On our Tuesday show, you you and I were both talking a little bit about the Black Series action figure. What other child merch do you have and what do you want that may or may not currently exist? So I have, thanks in large part to listener Robbie Smith, who uh, every once in a while sends me a, a Baby Yoda care package. <laughs> <laughs> to my mail, my PO box. Uh, so therefore, Grace and I have a lot of uh, Baby Yoda merch that we did not uh, think that we wanted, but now have in our life and can't live without, including a oversized mug. I have a T-shirt, a drinking, uh, a, a little uh, drinking bottle, water bottle. Grace has uh, uses a lot. Stickers, a lot of stickers that I have here, uh, Baby Yoda stickers. Uh, my cousin, who has a 3D printing business, did print me up one of those uh, Baby Yoda 3D print ones there. Uh, I have it. It's all green. I, I don't know how to paint it to make it look pretty like others do. So I have a lot of that stuff. And then the Black Series one that I just picked up this week, like you said. So there's that there. But as far as what I want that already exists, I, I definitely want the life-size one. I, I did just, come on. Like, come on. <laughs> you got you to gotta cuddle him, right? You gotta, you need to, I, I am fortunate enough to have a, that life-size wicket from the fine folks at Tree of Endor, and it's like still one of my favorite things. It's, it's still, I still just stare at it sometimes. You are wicked. 
I am he, you are, you are, you are you. <laughs> um, I, what I, you know, Grace is like, what would we do with a life-size baby Yoda? I'm like, what can't we do? Protect it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, my, my, uh, my pal, our listener, Robbie Smith has that Instagram channel. It just, it's, the first video he ever posted, he posted it in my Knapsack Files Discord server, and it's him, seatbelt driving, and Baby Yoda on his lap. And they're driving along, <laughs> listening to music, both wearing masks. And it's just the 15 minutes of pure joy I just can't live without. So I, I the life-size one, I have to. As far as what doesn't exist, I don't know. Give me a real working pram. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I want a life-size uh, pram for myself that fits me, that I can... <sighs> float around in enclose yes. <laughs> when I need to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Those are all great things and great to hear the, the story of how much uh, joy the merch and even just videos about merch are, are bringing to you, Ken, and to uh, everybody out there in the world. That's great. Um, for myself, uh, right now I have the Funko Pop that I ordered the second it was available. It's a uh, the slightly bigger package uh, to accommodate the ears. <laughs> and, uh, and Baby Yoda is reaching out with a little force push, which oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, and then I also ordered right away the Black Series figure that we've been talking about that comes with the silver ball and the frog and the bone broth cup. Um, and then it emerged right away that like, oh, they put uh, Baby Yoda out real fast, and initially, there was not the uh, subtle color differentiation on his little Ikea monkey sweater between uh, the cuffs and the fur on the neck and the body. So then mm-hmm. I was like, well, I have to get a second one Yep, <laughs> with screen-accurate uh, color gradation. So mm-hmm. I've got two. I'm going to open one up uh, soon, and I'm going to have it cradled in the arms of my Mando action figure. Uh I did a little checking on what exists. There's so much. I just went to Shop Disney. And Shop Disney doesn't have it all. But Shop Disney has 114 items. Um, There is a lot. The few times that I've gone to Target, uh, there's been, you know, dolls of all sizes. There are T-shirts. There are everything. Um, There's that. There's a Monopoly that's not the Mando Monopoly. It's Mm -hmm. the child monopoly, Mm -hmm. a whole board game. That's just the child. Uh, But the thing that I saw when I was looking at shop Disney that I do actually want, I think there's a, there might be a t-shirt. The the first thing I saw was a tote bag Mm. and it captured what I love about the child that he's got this immense cuteness, but it's uh, so much richer because it's in contrast to the dangerous situation, the dangerous world he lives in. It is a tote bag that has a large picture of the child, but it's a wanted poster. <laughs> and it has information like I haven't I didn't study it, but like, you know, uh, things that he's been seen with. Uh, you know, I think there's like a little like, uh, you know, likes frogs, but it's a total Old West wanted. We need this villain. And then it's just him staring at you like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I, it's beautiful. And then it's a tote bag. You know, it doesn't even matter at this point. They're just like, what can be physically printed on? Uh, Mm. The child piano, where all the keys have a picture of them. Anything. (laughs) Anything that can be printed on. Put the child on it. That's great. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's only $3.99 price to go. Uh, I, I, I made the mistake while you're talking. I went to Shop Disney and I almost clicked on the baseball cap. Uh, I've got, <laughs> uh, oh, I've, I do have the socks. Uh, when I was uh, in downtown Disney uh, shortly before the, the lockdown hit, I, I got the socks. Oh, nice. Uh, gosh, there's a lot. 
There's a there's a lot. It just keeps going. There's a real good T-shirt that I think is is available just for kids. Might be one for adults, but just got a picture of his face and then it says "unknown species." Like, oh, uh, the child snack time on the go lunch cooler with <laughs> it's got the it's got a cartoon and it's like a draw a logo of him with the frog halfway in his mouth. I mean, how do you not bring this to the office? <laughs> right. I mean. This whole episode could have been the merch. Uh, I'm sure there's just a cardboard cutout. Like uh, for years I have, I still have it, but for years it was in my apartment. Now it's in my storage unit of of Princess Leia with the blaster pointed out like the cardboard cutout life size. I would like that of the child. I'm sure that exists. I mean, the, the, yeah, the black baseball cap, which is the simple logo on that's calling to me. I just, I just, I have to, I have to log out. I'm logging out or else logging out. This podcast will be Ken Buys Something Live on Air. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. But I'm going to probably smash that tote bag button when we're done. Uh, just a couple couple more questions to wrap up our conversation. Do you think there is a risk of the child oversaturation? Because uh, this, this is a truly, like, mind-bending amount of merch, right? Uh, and I think we're getting a buffer from that because we're not, you know, stores are open, yes, but we're not all out and about as much. Uh, as we would be. Uh, but what do you feel about that? Is there risk of oversaturation? Uh, the, Paul Simon once saying, every generation throws a hero at the pop charts, right? Medicine is magical, magical is art, because the boy in the bubble, the baby, the baboon heart. Yes, absolutely. There's a danger. And it's sad to say. Looking at the Shop Disney list, I'm loving everything there. The second wave of it, you, you might start to see it's just our nature sometimes. I, I don't necessarily think I, I would be in that yet, but I don't buy a lot of pork stuff anymore either. And I was buying a lot of pork stuff. It's just, it's just what it is. The fascinating new thing will pop up and the masses, the masses who have made this so popular will also start to ignore it and be like, we're done with that. It's just the way of life. Unfortunately, I hate to see it, which is why we need preteen Yoda to be the next wave to come on. <laughs> that is right. We need the you know actual uh, the preteen Yoda Lunchables uh, collection plate. Um, <laughs> everyone, it's a mm. different picture of Teen Yoda. Yeah, I think oversaturation is a possibility. I think it is a little buffered by the fact that we're not all in stores every day. Um, but I also just think there is such huge and sincere love for this character and the individual moments of this character have immediately just shot into this level of pop culture knowledge that they are about the character, but they're also just about that moment. They're about the, this is the moment where baby Yoda eats the frog. This is the baby Yoda uh, yelling hello. This is a uh, baby Yoda floating in his little pram that they have their own meaning, which gives it even more sort of a spread for people that express their own specific love. <laughs> under the large umbrella of the child. And I think oversaturation will happen at some point, but we're just kind of beautifully not there yet. And I don't think we're going to be for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the Beatles became very famous. They're already a great band. One of my favorites. All right. Despite what Twitter hashtags will tell you. Um, But one of the reasons they became so big, right? They showed up in America months after the Kennedy assassination and a depressed world needed some kind of joy. And we all bought into it. Baby Yoda has, is here to save us. That's right. Baby Yoda, possibly even bigger than the Beatles. That's going to be the name of his first album, right? 
burn it. Burn it all. <laughs> Baby Yoda, bigger than the Beatles. Uh, I have a question I want to ask you, but before I want to get get to that, uh, I do want to make sure that any any other thoughts that you have, anything else that you want to be sure to share about the child? No, I, th- I think we've covered, uh, especially in the first half here, just this is a, a, a phenomenon. This is an absolute phenomenon that has depth, that has merit. Everything you were saying up top of is just not casual cuteness thrown up on the screen for no reason. There's, there's, a, there's, there's peace and purpose into this and, and, and maybe even some conflict coming. There's a lot to this character, which is probably why it's so wonderful. And then it is the cutest thing in the galaxy in a little jacket. It, it is everything. And, and I love that. And I'm just going to ride that out as long as the world wants to live it with me. Yeah, it's everything and a jacket, too, I think, is a great summary of the huge power, the rise of the child. So the last question that I want to ask you is, do you ever want to be as young and innocent as the child again? Oh, man, sure. Yeah, I do. (laughs) But mostly it is that pram and the ability to hide in it that's uh, the big appeal. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, I'm you know, never look back, never look back. Shmi would tell you that too, but yeah, that's part of this too, right? Just to feel that pure joy and that wonder. That's probably what it's tapping into as well. Yeah, I think that is a lot of it that because the child is so young and experiencing the world for the first time, we can we can see him through Mando's eyes and we can want to have the instinct to protect him. We can also kind of see the world through the child's eyes and that, yeah, moving fast with wind whipping through our ears or hair or whatever it's going to whip through. And it's just joyful and just reaching up and and wanting uh, to be held uh, by someone you love and someone who's going to keep you safe. And I think we all want to feel those things. And what I think about when I, when I think about the child is not, not going back. I think you're, you're really uh, smart to to say, let's, let's remember the lessons of Shmi Skywalker. Don't look back, you know, just keep moving forward but Mm. i like to try to remember that i can still feel those simple moments of joy and when i think about the child it's sometimes just hey i want a thing and then i have it and that's really nice and sometimes not often but sometimes when i sit down to dinner and it's been like a really long really hard day and my kind wife has made me a martini and uh, we got a pizza and it is like comfort food. It's comfort cocktail for me. And I just feel that like, I want that. Can I have that? Oh, I can. Good. That's all I need right now. I just want that and I can have it. And that to me is a part of the power of the child of just reconnecting to sometimes your needs aren't that complex and we should appreciate the moments where we can just find a way to meet our needs and enjoy it. I love it. Thank you, baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, baby Yoda. Well, that is our big look at the child, the baby Yoda, whatever his future name might be. Steve, who knows? We will all find out together one day. Ken, do you want to tell people where they can find us? Yes, I do. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use hashtag Force Center to send us pictures of your the child merchandise. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Like us on, uh, uh, you can like us there and like us on, uh, follow us on Instagram and uh, follow us on YouTube. You know what to do. Uh, we've, Just like we've, us. 
Just like us. Just please like us. Podcast available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. No Baby Yoda merch there because Uncle Bob wouldn't like it. Patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us and help us reach new goals and grow the show and the business. Yeah, keep the lights on. That's a good thing there. Baby Yoda would agree. We got our own, our own things, including uh, I got a big live show this weekend with Mark Riley alive. Riley's Cantina, October 10th, 7 p.m. Pacific live stream star wars comedy and variety hour so to speak with special appearances by a great uh, amount of uh, guests including joseph scrimshaw and jennifer landa from this here force center also rachel cushing tiffany smith and more appearing on the show so check it out by going to kenapsack.com click on the events tab to get a link uh, joseph what do you got yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for links to my other comedy podcast, Obsessed uh, Comedy Albums, the show that I work on for Adult Swim that is called Tig Tone. If you are interested in helping get the word out to convince people to vote, encourage them to use their power, I am writing some letters at a uh, service called Vote Forward. Their website is votefwd.com. O-R-G, voteforward.org. So if that's something of interest to you, I encourage you to go check it out. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the child, his magic hands, and his jacket, this has been Force Center. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.